Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling Podcast. For countless parents, the journey to unschooling has redefined childhood and transformed their family relationships. Are you curious? Together, let's explore what living and learning looks like without school. Hello, explorers. I'm Pam Laricchia, and this is episode number 316 of the podcast. It's the 9th of February, 2022, as I record this intro. And Robin Robertson, Unschooling Mom of Two, joins me again on the podcast this week. Since our last conversation in 2018, Robin's kids have grown. We talk about how unschooling changes when our children become teenagers. Robin shares how supporting their interests and passions looks different now, but that the connection and relationships are still strong. We dive into the idea of teenage rebellion and expectations that might pop up as our children grow. It's amazing to see how the foundation of trust that Robin has built with her children over their years of unschooling has created this rich atmosphere for growing and learning as they move towards adulthood. And I wanted to give you a heads up if you're listening to this on release day. My session in this year's Canadian Online Homeschool Conference is free to watch tomorrow, Friday, February 11th. It's called Helping Kids Find Their Passion. So you can join me to explore the essential nature of curiosity and the importance of quitting things in pursuit of our passions. Then we'll dive into the world of multi-potentialites and their superpowers. Do we really have only one true calling? And finally, but maybe most important of all, are you pursuing your interests and passions alongside your kids? We'll talk about why that's so important and how to get started. I'll put a link to the conference website in the show notes. And even if you're listening after Friday, you can check out the many conference sessions and choose to buy lifetime access to the full 2022 conference. And I also want to invite you to submit your burning unschooling question for a future Q&A episode. You'll find a link to that in the show notes as well, or just go to livingjoyfully.ca forward slash question. And last, but never ever least, I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon. I deeply, truly appreciate all my patrons. Your generous support helps pay for the hosting and transcription, as well as my time spent creating new episodes each week. It's instrumental in keeping the podcast archive freely available to anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash exploring unschooling. And now here's my conversation with Robin. Welcome. I'm Pam Laricchia from livingjoyfully.ca and today I'm here with Robin Robertson. Hi, Robin. Hi, Pam. <laughs> Good to see you. <laughs> so lovely to see you. Now, Robin is the host of the podcast, Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids. And you were on this podcast back in 2018. Yeah. I will link to that episode in the show notes so people can hear, you know, a bit more about your journey to unschooling. But I'm really looking forward to catching up. So to get us started, can you share with us a bit about you and your family and what's everybody interested in right now? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a family of four of us, my husband and I and our two kids. My son is 15. 
Uh, he'll be getting, he'll be 16 in the fall, early fall and getting, we're just talking about him getting his driver's license already in eight months or less. Um, and my daughter's 12. And right now they have some pretty big interests. My son has really been following an interest he's always had an interest in, and that's outdoors and wildlife. And so he has been working and getting experience in that field. He actually just returned home in November. So right now it's January. Um, He was gone for six months working for a wildlife outfitters in Northern BC. And then uh, my daughter's home with us and she's continuing like she's, you know, different kids and, and different areas and different personalities. So she's really a big reader and she's been really into dystopian novels. Like, you know, she we can barely keep the stack going for her pretty well. And and they're both active. So now it's winter. So we do a lot of skiing and snowboarding. So she's a great snowboarder. She's been doing that a lot as much as she can as well. And, you know, just doing their thing and spending their time. So my daughter is like snowboarding, dystopian volleyball when, you know, when she when that is accessible. And uh, my son is, yeah, the outdoors and wildlife. And my husband and I are creating and doing our work and supporting our family through all of that. So that's Yay. kind of a brief what we're up to right now. <laughs> snapshot. That's the nice thing is to, you know, listen to the snapshots over time. I think it's really cool just to yeah. how things like just grow and flow and, and just change up. And it's interesting, you know, even like looking back to see like the little threads. of of interest and how they kind of morph and change and stuff over time. So that is lots of fun. Now, as you mentioned, since we last talked, your kids have entered or started entering the teen years. So I'm really curious to know if you feel like your unschooling days have changed from when they were younger. Do they feel different? Yes, they do. (laughs) (laughs) Quick answer. There you go. And I think they feel different because, um, well, just like anything with life, you adapt and you grow. And especially as kids grow, uh, you know, as they get into their teen years, there's all of the physical changes and those other, you know, mental and emotional changes as well. And, um, but they also have become so much more independent. And I think that really shifts things a lot because as much as our value and purpose is still connection and supporting each other. There is less to support in certain ways because they are so independent. So that certainly shifts things within our house and within our framework of unschooling. But then at the same time, as they change and and as they're growing into adulthood, there are some things that just like any of us, they need help with. You know, they need support with (laughs) just as we adults still need there's things that come up and we need support with. So I think it's just still as well listening to to that and be present to the changes and what everybody needs and working with that. So in that way, it has changed. Yeah, I really found um, that, too, the the independence. So the support they need is less from us, like less hands on, less you know, oh, help me find this, let's get this, you know, all that kind of stuff, or, you know, helping more with food, or, you know, whatever it is. Um, But I love that you mentioned, I didn't find that it was necessarily less time or less connection and engagement. It's just different now. It's not the hands on stuff, and particularly helping them following their interests. 
but it is so much more like the processing the it's more kind of emotional support more more just like conversations like having yeah. that space to have these conversations as they process and as they're figuring things out for themselves what they think about you know these particular things so it it's really fascinating I I, did, I found it wasn't really last time but it was very different right yeah exactly and I think I think maybe before I thought it would be last time because as they got older, independent, and I agree, it's not necessarily less time. There's still time to vo- devoted to supporting our environment and supporting them in that way as, as we want it to go forward. But it's just, yeah, the changes, those small changes. And, and things like, um, you know, yeah, they maybe find the resources, but they need help paying for something if it's a bigger ticket expense of, a, yeah. of something that they require. Or, um, you know, maybe they need help getting there, for example, where, you know, things like that. Um, so, yeah, there's yeah, there's definitely different changes in that way, but it's good. It's also good. And it's also as they enter new things, they're learning new things. And I find that's also a bit of the difference is they, as they, they're becoming more they're as they're becoming more ready to to step into the world on their own and becoming more independent to provide for themselves i think in that way um there's just some things about the world and work and things like that that they also just need support with and like you know how well how do i i want to be here how do i get there i need you know they need a little bit of help with steps along the way kind of thing so yeah, yeah, definitely different kind of uh, destinations or different directions yeah. that they're walking in. And I love your point, too, that it's like all adults, like we all need or could definitely um, enjoy having support and having someone to have conversations with to kind of help us process through things, to get some feedback, insights, pers- different perspectives, etc. So, you know, again, it's not... It's not like ages and stages and then you're done <laughs> when you hit 18 or adulthood or whatever. When you realize, oh, geez, you know, I could really use these connected relationships as an adult, too. As a human being, this yeah. is a wonderful way to be in a relationship with people that I love, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's good. It's totally right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I wanted to dive a bit into the idea of teen rebellion, um, because that really is a ubiquitous idea, right, in kind of uh, the parenting world, uh, the conventional parenting world of teens. Yet through this podcast and so many years of conversations with people, unschooling parents are more often than not really enjoy life with their teens. So I was hoping you could share a little bit about your experience with that. It's fun with them, too, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is. Um I haven't had any experience with Teen Rebellion. <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting because people do tell all oh, those teen years, you know, watch out or, oh, I feel you. Those were tough. And um, yeah, it's still I, I think what happens is is when your priority is the relationship as well and a relationship where we hope or we just try our best because I'm still human. I'm still learning every single day, (laughs) every second of the day Mm -hmm. um, that trying our best to provide a space where our kids can be feel open and comfortable to come to us with things and and be part of the conversation and be engaged with us. I, I think sometimes 
Um, what happens with teen rebellion is, you know, kids, teens are not feeling like they can be themselves or supported to be themselves. Maybe their interests or their wants or their desires are not validated. Um, so therefore they feel tamped down. They feel less than and everything that they do. And then some, after a while, the interactions they go into, they prepare to be defensive or to defend themselves in order to protect themselves. I think so much of it is a protection mechanism. So, you know, for us, the goal is that our, our kids can feel like we are there to support them and encourage them. Um, and so that's been our experience so far. And I think really that what they love to do is still important to us because it's important to them. And that's the basis of it all for us, really. And not to say that we don't have disagreements or there's sometimes where, you know, you're like, ah, <laughs> I'm just going to go to my room for a second. Ah! <laughs> okay. <laughs> or they're like, mom, dad, you know, it's, you know, that of course that happened, but I, we're still really, you know, it's about, okay, I, we're here for each other and how can we keep moving forward and support each other? And, and I also, we also, my husband and I also let them know it's the same, you know, we're still learning, you know, we don't have things nailed 100%. You know, we're still learning and adjusting and we're still learning from our own experiences and our own realities growing up and being adults in this world as well. So taking all of that into consideration and that's also part of our regular conversations as well. I love that. I love your point that, you know, sometimes people, when, when people come to unschooling um, and they see, they hear about the relationships and everything, they feel that, um, what it means moving forward is that they won't have challenges. They won't, they will always get along. Everybody's going to get along just fine. And we'll have the, oh my gosh, no, I need five minutes by myself. <laughs> or, you know, no, that's really uncomfortable for me. You know, it's not about not having those moments. Cause as you said, yeah. we're human beings, right? We're different. We're all different people. The difference I think is, is because of our focus on relationship and connection and supporting each other. I think that's the other big difference is we are supporting our teens, our kids, and trying to help them do the things that they're interested in doing, which I think is different versus the control is I think you should be doing this and trying to direct them. But so with that in mind, we're connecting, engaging, and like, and sharing our perspectives, but we don't bring that control judgment piece in. But we still can like be super uncomfortable. We still can say, you know, how can we move forward that that in a way that kind of meets all of our needs? And also a lot of uh, our own reflection, right, for ourselves yeah. on our comfort zones, like my comfort zones stretched and grew and wiggled all yeah. over <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's absolutely exactly right but some of it was and it was beautiful work for me it's like because I was questioning some things that just I had absorbed and just took for kind of as as is right I didn't really question yeah. them so things that were making me uncomfortable it was definitely worth the work for me to ask myself some questions to dig into that for me and then I better understood my own perspective so I could bring that into conversation instead of like, well, 
because this is how I feel. You know, that is not a particularly useful answer when you're trying to figure out a path with other people, right? So I think that that is a huge difference um, or a focus with unschooling families and our focus on that relationship and connection is because our kids know that even if we're having that, you know, Shane, my kids knew that I'm not particularly adept at changing on a dime. So if they wanted to change plans for, you know, later today or so, they'd be like, okay, mom, I'm thinking this. I'll give you a few minutes to think about it. <laughs> you know each other and you share this like, oh, if I need to decide right this instant, you know, I'm not comfortable yet, but I just need a few minutes to transition and flow and understanding each other to that level. Um, but understanding ourselves so that we can share that. So that it's not about, this isn't a judgment on what you were asking. This isn't a judgment on you. This is my process. And just, we just need some space for my process too. And understanding our kids' processes and how they move through things, how we maybe bring things up, you know, that depth of connection, excuse me, connection and understanding really helps them see that we're not trying to thwart them. We're not trying to control them. But we're also all involved in this and all trying to help each other accomplish the things that we're wanting to. So it just brings a completely different energy to the whole thing, doesn't it? Yeah, and that's exactly it. The energy is very, very different. And I think it's good to point out that, especially in our age of social media, that what comes across many times is that this unschooling life based on connection and love is this fairy tale idea that's perfect every single day. And for the parents that aren't feeling that, that they failed Mm -hmm. or it's not working or unschooling is not for them and their kids because of it doesn't look like this or it doesn't sound like this all the time. And we're all a work in progress. And, you know, that's also the beauty of life. And there are those times where, we have those bumps and we, and it's, it doesn't, you know, it's kind of a bit rocky. And, but part of that is I think, and I think that's also what has changed over the years is that you see, okay, so this is a rocky patch. There's something that's uncomfortable for me that I obviously need to kind of step back and ask why I'm feeling this way, why this is a little bit hard for me right now, why maybe a choice my my child has made, I'm resisting, you know, is it really that choice or what they've chosen? Or is there something else going on here? So I think the practice is it doesn't ever fully go away. Mm -hmm. But what has shifted and changed is that I think I'm able to recognize when I'm in that part of the process earlier, and step back earlier than before and work my way through it or just be present with it or ask those questions of myself in order for me to get a better understanding. So then that communication and that connection can be there. Maybe not exactly at that moment, but later on or after, and then we can move forward in that way. So it's like, you know, it's like the de-schooling process. I was um, speaking with a, a parent I worked with the other day and they'd asked me, well, you know, when is this going to be done? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing, like, you know, when did you finally finish de-schooling? And I was like, I actually haven't. I didn't finish de-schooling. It's, the difference is that 
I can see those places and spaces earlier and know, have a better understanding of working through them. But I'm still like, I'm still going through it. My husband is still going through it. We're going through it at different stages and places as well, too. And things come up that, you know, for example, for having our our son is the oldest. And so many times my husband like sees himself in in my son in that way. Right. Or, you know, we see, we see ourselves at 15 and, you know, it's, so it's, it's the ongoing process, but I think that's the different shift is it doesn't, we don't get to a point where we're like, yes, got it now. Like (laughs) I've got it. I've nailed it. I've nailed life and I can go on to be whatever, you know, whatever it is or continue with this, but it's just like, okay, I'm getting there, (laughs) but I, I have I, not nailed it. I'm still working on it. <laughs> exactly. I, exactly. I think one of kind of the clues when you're kind of transitioning out of the more de-schooling focused um, time into unschooling is when you no longer feel the need to ask, am I done? Because yeah. you've come to the realization that, oh, you know, this is this is life. This is a human being in in the world right that when you come to recognize it yeah things are going to come up and you've now gained some experience in the tools and the ways that you that work for you personally to move through them the kinds of questions that spark um more understanding for yourself more idea of some of the triggers and understanding that Maybe when your child hits 15 or 17, that there will be new things that come up, new little, oh, geez, I never thought about that when I was that age, you know, et cetera, or when a particular stage comes up, you know, all these things, you get more comfortable with the knowledge that you're never done, that things will always come up. And, And I think there's also a level of comfort with discomfort. Because as you were saying, like the the need to solve something fast and have an answer and move forward, we can really get stuck in that mindset. So moving through that and realizing there's so much learning and good learning that happens in that discomfort, giving time and space to ask myself those questions, to observe a little bit more, to dig into my feelings a a little bit more, um, that there's so much value in there. And that if I try to rush it, I lose that or I don't gain that. And, you know, then I, then it comes back up again, right? <laughs> you always yeah. get the opportunity to work. You know, exactly. You do. It's oh, not, I think it's I never lost this. opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> so again, it's not a beat yourself up if you don't dig into it, but it's just a recognition of ourselves and our process. And it's like, oh, I could probably, you know, ask me more questions. And as you said, I'm, we will forever run into situations, you know, that like tweak us a little bit or trigger us Mm -hmm. a little bit. But that's the thing, as you mentioned, that we recognize it a little bit sooner because we've had more experience with it, that we have a few more tools to help us process through it. Um, Those are the pieces that that come with experience, right? of not shutting it off, trying to solve it fast, because that, I find that gets in my way so much more often. <laughs> it does. It absolutely does. And, and and there are things or tools, I guess you could say, that help along the way, you know, and it is recognizing that there is the, the dips and the curves and the bends and the hills <laughs> and all that sort of stuff, and which is part of any change process as well. 
um, that, you know, sometimes it's having uh, loving kindness towards yourself and remembering that and actually having that as a reminder that, okay, you know, we loving kindness towards ourselves and those around us as well. I think it starts with ourselves first because then it's easier to emanate in that circle outside um, and connection and community, reaching out to others and finding support and asking questions, whether that are people that you feel safe sharing with that have been in a similar situation, um, friends, mentors, you know, there are different tools as well that you can use or implement in order to help that process along too. not to overcome it quicker. Maybe it will help, but um, you know, there you're, you know, things you can do as well in that way. Yeah. It's releasing speed as the, as a goal per se. Exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. and paradoxically often that does help it go faster because, because when you have speed as a goal, there's a part of your brain that's judging yourself. Like, okay, Absolutely. am I there yet? Am I there yet? <laughs> am I there yet? <laughs> You know, and that, um, for me at least, uh, makes it harder for me to sink into the moment, makes it harder for me to just let questions simmer. Um, because when, you know, back to, we know how judgment can interfere with our kids' learning. Judgment of ourselves interferes with that learning as well, right? Takes us out of that moment, takes us out of that flow, Um so when we're not so worried about having to do it quickly or having to do it right, that actually helps us sink more into it, learn some more, and often have it resolve sooner for now. I, you know, yeah. resolve, I don't know, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> I do. And, <laughs> I, and I think through it more comfortably in the you end. You do. And I think judgment is a big piece. And I think that's a great way to describe it as well, because um, if someone says, well, what's one of the hardest things about unschooling or even just home educating, I think it's a judgment piece. It's not they, well, when families first ask, well, should I get a curriculum? What about teaching your kids to read? Or are they going to read? Or math or all those sort of things. You know, it's actually the judgment because it's true. It does, that becomes that kind of block that you just set in the way <laughs> between <laughs> whether you're growing and moving forward between your relationships or be, be, it does, it, it, it influences learning in so many ways because you would think if you're feeling judged, you're going to probably shift the way you're maybe the choices you're going to make. If you're worried about some, what someone else is thinking or feeling on you, you're going to change or adapt what you might say or communicate the way you're going to act. And many times when you do that shift and adaptation, you're going to change who you really are or want to be or, or going towards being because then you're basing it on that other person. And usually because we're all home together, that would be our parent, right? If we're, if we're the child, right? So yeah, I think that probably is, is the big thing. And I've definitely, as a parent in the world, felt that difference as my kids have gotten older and as they're moving more into adulthood, um, because our life does look so different from the traditional norm and path. I know it's one of those things, and I know you know because you've been through it. You have so many things. Well, unschooling is great when the kids are young, but you know, once they get to high school, they're going to go to school, right? Or once they get to once they're twelve, you know, they're going to you know do this or and um, you know we always say we don't know. It's up to them. You know, if they want to do that, 
absolutely they can. It's not this time is set and so it has to change. You know, if that's a choice that they make that is best for themselves and their learning, we support them and we'll continue supporting them with what they need. But, you know, when they don't, when they get to that age and they don't make those quote unquote traditional choices, um, and it looks so different from the norm, especially if they decide, for example, not to go to university right away. I, I find a lot are, oh, unschooling still works because then as soon as they turn 18 or they're 17, they're still going to university. So obviously it was all okay. And it's kind of like, well, you did all of that different life, but now that they're going to university, then it's all like, then they're like, oh, you still checked it all. You know, you made the check mark. Then it's all that you're, you're like, but now you're approved. And, you know, right now I have a child, my daughter talks about that she'd like to explore university later on. So absolutely will support her that. And my son is saying that he doesn't want to, that it doesn't fit where he is, or there's, he doesn't see the necessity of it right now for him. He can learn everything he needs. He has already been learning what he needs through experience and volunteering and his work experience and research and taking courses online and things like that and separate certifications. So there's no need for he doesn't, you know, right now he understands it's not the end. He could go at any time. But when that path looks different, again, it's like that, you know, we're kind of butting up against society's expectations. And so there's that whole other, I know for me as a parent, like going back to that whole judgment thing, it's kind of like, okay, so we've gotten through this other, you know, <laughs> now it's okay. Where am I right now? Okay. So, you know, cause I still want to continue supporting my kids in their path. And I don't want that judgment block to be carrying it around. <laughs> it's a right? big weight it's a to shoulder it. and carry. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think right now that is our transition that we're working through to be to like process and let go of more because our paths turned that, you know, they do look so different. And I also realize over the years that I think I had that expectation that, oh, yeah, my kids can. And then they're going to get this kind of job and it'll all be our check marks will be there. So be approved. I still did a good job because in the end, they still follow this exact path. And I realized like, oh, wow, I still was kind of a bit caught in that as well. Uh, and I realized that because that's not the path my, my children have chosen to follow. So, yeah, no, I love that, Rob. And thanks for sharing those pieces. And I think uh, unschooling, like when we first start unschooling, there is a lot of the like in our well, friends, family, et cetera, like questioning of, oh, they're not going to school, not going to school. And then, you know, they kind of get used to that fact eventually over time, or, you know, you kind of decide it just doesn't become a conversation piece anymore and things are good for a while. And then they kind of hit the teen years and then the next level of expectation. Oh, well, you know, then, then, then they're finally going to fit in. (laughs) They're going to get back on this normal path and go to university or college and, and get this kind of job and, and that kind of stuff. And then it all comes back again. And it is so interesting for ourselves too to dive into, like, like you said, our, expectations and stuff um, can just be simmering in the background and we don't notice them until, until something yeah. happens until the, exactly until yes. somebody starts asking about that. It's like, Oh, I did have that kind of feeling that this is where we were headed. And we start peeling back those layers and understanding that, Oh yeah. You know what? The, the path that they choose 
in the direction that they're wanting to go is what's most valuable to them now. Yes. And then and then the questions about, oh, you know, well, they can go to university doesn't have to be an age 18 thing, you know, and that how they're learning and what they're learning is bringing them the most value now. And that now is at whatever now their age is, right? And we're not closing off paths. But yeah, we have to process and, and work through that for ourselves, you know, before we can come more openly into conversations with them without that judge carrying that judgment piece in or that expectation that has us, even if we're not saying it out loud, it does have us kind of nudging conversations in particular. Like we may notice every time they're, you know, once they, (laughs) we're like, oh, but there's an online course for this. Oh, there's a university program for that. Oh, you can go to college for that. You know, we're just playing, we're just, they notice that we're planting more formal looking or more um, conventional looking answers in our conversations now. And they're like, yes, curious. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. That's exactly it. It's so true. And yeah, it, it's it's such a process in that way as well. It's that that continuous process, and you know, you and it's not saying for anyone that you can't. You know, maybe there is a fit and something's come up and it might work for them. But it's also like you know, again, screwing kind of in that way, right? Maybe if I found some, someone's notified me about some things, some options coming up, and I want to share them with my kids. But then it's good if they don't choose it or pick it up. You know, that's okay. They exactly. don't have just because I presented to them, they don't have to be like, yes, thank you. This is the college course I've been waiting for. Yes. I'm going to enroll now and start. And, you know, it's, it, you know, they, they can have a reaction of non-interest <laughs> or I mean, of no, I don't want this whatsoever. This is completely off of where I want to go. And, and that's okay. And that's great because yeah. then they are vocalizing what they know for themselves. Like this Mm -hmm. does not meet what I, what I really want. So, yeah, exactly. That's beautiful. And, and for me, the clue was start just noticing if I was handing, like sharing suggestions, absolutely letting them know what's out there in the world. But if I felt uh, a little tinge that I was hoping they'd make a particular choice, you know, or like I, we, I wanted one thing over another for them. That was a good clue that it was time for me to ask myself, why was I valuing this over this? Because really up till now, what's been important is the one that works best for them. So why do, why is my expectation getting caught up there in the mix? What expectations am I, do I have that are getting caught up in there? So yeah, just know, just observing ourselves and noticing what, feels a little bit more weighty where my where my energy is and why is it it's just being curious about ourselves can be so helpful in those situations <laughs> it really can yeah and that's the work I yeah, think exactly. that's, the, that's the work and all of it and it's still important to do that and not overlook it for sure yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that leads nicely into our next questions because I wanted to talk a bit about supporting our children's passions and how that continues to be so important as they hit their teen years and young adult years but it takes on kind of a whole new meaning like we've already talked about how how it can be 
the ways that we support them can be different, like from when they were younger, right? So it may be more taking them places, you know, maybe more money um, and less, you know, going to the library to get books and DVDs and that kind of stuff, right? So uh, I just love to hear your experience about supporting their passions as they get older. Yeah. So, um, so I, supporting their passions has really been also giving them space to do things as well and, and to act on their passions. Um, my young, my daughter has, you know, actually over the years, she has done this for a long time. She's pretty entrepreneurial. Like she really likes to, you know, she has her like budget and her plan and she, whenever she makes some, she gives like she, her, you know, her and her dad have kind of an investment set up. And so she gives a percentage to him and she's pretty, you know, she, you know, knows what she needs ahead of time or is going into something. And then she wants to, to build on that. So her is continuing supporting her with that when it's actually interesting because this goes into this whole idea of what, again, society feels that people 18 and under can and can't do. So um, she, the trouble she's run into is because she's 12 and my son has run into this as well. If they want to do an investment, for example, on their own, they can't because they're considered underage and there's laws where it does not allow them to have own things for themselves, essentially. So they have to wait for my husband or myself to process things for them or to do things for them. So that's been interesting because it would be nice to have an avenue or place for them to learn more independence and do that without having to wait for us. So for us, we've just tried to be as available as we can be and help them along that way. Um, And then again, yeah, for it's also shifted because of our time now with with our environment and closures and things like that of what they can do. So that has also shifted as well. For example, um, you know, my daughter is really, she loves, she really loves team sports. She's been a volleyball player and played club. And as a homeschooler, we actually, she actually can apply a tryout for the school team in our area as well, who she's just played for this past year. Um, so that, you know, limitations have fluctuated with that, but it's just helping to find avenues where when things are open, she can be part of it too, and helping her for for that as well. For my son, that has been a bit different because he, I'd mentioned in the beginning of this episode that he was away for half a year um, working for an outdoor outfitters. So that has been, and that connection started years ago, and we knew it was a potential uh, when he was ready for it. He just needed to get a bit older and it's a very physical work, but stronger and things like that. And to be ready to be away from home for that, you know, in the wilderness, <laughs> contact, <laughs> essentially <laughs> to be ready for that in more ways than one. And um, that supporting those interests in that actually has been a little bit of letting go for us. And um it's helping him to, you know, he, he reached out to the owner of the outfitters and emailed him and and was in contact and, you know, let him know when he was ready to go and what was available. So it's like, you know, things helping him to sort out what gear he needs to make sure he's ready for that. But then the other part is, is actually being okay with him leaving and being and and that was important because 
we didn't want our worries, which of course we had as parents, you know, to interfere with his outlook going forward. We still wanted to be reasonable and to have the conversations of things that he should, you know, maybe or could potentially be aware of and to know going into things and to, you know, let them know like it's okay to stop and ask questions or to be cautious of certain things or, you know, things that, you know, it's just, we want to make sure that we had that ongoing conversation. Um, but at the same time, we didn't want fears to cloud his experience, our fears. Yeah. Um, Cause he's going to have his own fears. And I, and I felt he was pretty good about vocalizing them and talking with us about them. Um, but we didn't want our fears to override that. And I think that was a big part of um, supporting our kids and our interests that I've been learning. Uh, I was talking with a friend the other day and saying that, you know, if you'd said, oh, that's great that you can let him go for that long. And you know, it's fantastic. And, you know, that was wonderful that you're able to do that and support that. And, yeah, absolutely. But remember also, you didn't, you know, you weren't in my bed at night when I'm crying. <laughs> you, know, so you know, you ask, is this the right thing? Am I, am I, you know, you, you're all those fears that you process that you kind of wait. And, and I thought, okay, we didn't want to just lay them all out there. And then he has to then take that on. You know, it's not for him to take our fears on. Um, he's having his own experience. We wanted his experience to be his experience. So that was the pro- that practice for us in supporting our kids' interests in that way. And then, yeah, and then when he, it was fantastic. Like he loved it. He's going to go again. Uh, it was the best thing, you know, for now that he could do and that he wanted to do as well. And he had all of those experiences of, I mean, Matt, like I know a lot of adults won't, won't ever have that experience or won't ever face. And it absolutely, he grew, uh, like he left a young, he left a boy and came back to man in so many ways. Right. And I think that's been the difference in the transition as well. And then now that he's back, that's the difference as well as remembering that that boy left and that man is now here. So it's supporting this young adult's interests, not the young boy's interests, which is also a different shift on how we do that as well. So it's still, again, being open to, you know, let us know what you need right now and how we can support you. And um, yeah, sometimes when he's like, okay, you guys, we we can just chill for a little bit here as well. (laughs) Understanding that, okay, all right, we'll step back a little bit. So um, I hope that answers your question, but that's been kind of the the change in that journey of supporting our kids' interests and and adapting to what's around us as well in that way. But yeah, no, that is a beautiful example, a beautiful story. Um, So many great points in there. That I love the one of um, we can have our fears. Like we were talking earlier about uh, earlier about stretching comfort zones, right? Mm-hmm. When we see what directions and the things that they are wanting to do, and being supportive and helping them um, as they take step by step, you know. And if he started the process and then you know halfway through the prep, he's like, you know what, this doesn't feel right, you know that would be okay too. And just because we're supporting them and helping them as they're processing and figuring things out. And each day is a new day, helping them, you know, know that it's, it's a choice, right? That is the environment that we're cultivating with our kids. Um, And not putting our worries onto them. 
like, so as you're saying, it will be maybe pointing out things that we think, oh, well, you know, maybe they haven't considered it, but it's not a big like dump of all our fears (laughs) alongside an expectations that an expectation they fix those or that they have to mitigate them. It's, it's sharing the information, pieces of information that we might have, um, but also being open, like you were saying, to helping them process their fears because their fears, their questions, their worries may be very different, but those are the ones that they're dealing with right now, right? Yeah. Um, so that- they are different. Usually <laughs> their fears are different from mine. Sometimes they're ones that we had never even come to our mind, you know, because of, you know, of who they are and who we are. So absolutely. It's allowing space for that as well. And the, the other part of it too is, um, and this was also probably a, a, a reminder for us as well. I think because our son, it was such a big adventure, um, you know, so like, so when his work encompassed, he was in the camp and it's a fishing and hunting camp and it's like big game. Um, so this is like, you know, people come from all over the world to go to to get this experience. So, um, you know, it's quite an international space in that way. Um, and it's fairly well known for the unique fishing and hunting that's offered there. And so he's in camp learning a ton of things. But once they go out, they have to cut trail they, and then when they're cutting trail, they're out for two weeks, they're out for 10 days and they're, you know, they have to pack everything in. They have to, they have horses, they have to pack the horses. They have like, you know, and make sure he has his job wrangling the horses and making sure. And then there's all the things that happen along the way. Like they, they told the story of how they were going along a big steep incline. One of the horses fell and tumbled down a cliff. And then, so they have to go and get the horse and he was wedged between a stump and something else and, you know, get him up and then ride him bareback back up the mountain. And, you know, all of those adventures that usually, you know, if he was, you know, most kids aren't usually experiencing at that time, right? They would run out of food and the owner would have to fly and drop food from the plane for them and and meet, you know, those, or they were just, you know, they were excited that he told the story of when going out into one, they had packed a steak and it was going to be like their treat for dinner one night because a lot of it's canned or if they're along the river, they can fish and hopefully catch a fish. But then they had left it a little too long. It was a bit too warm and they took it out and it was moldy or it was bad. And so they, you know, their disappointment of, oh, just canned beans tonight, <laughs> you know, you know, different things like that. But at the same time, because, and then it was going on the hunts with the clients and high mountain ranges and it's, you know, your, it's your, your physical and mental limits are taxed. They're at the, you know, you're searching, you're scoping, you're, you know, like you're on the edge of a cliff, you're, you know, you're, you're going until late, then you're sitting up camp and making sure the horses are taking all the, all of those sort of things. Um, so the other thing that we had remembered, especially in this process was also not just our fears, but then there's the, because again, it's such a different path, the fears of others outside of our immediate family that then come in. Some are super excited and then some are like, you know, that, and they don't have the filter, right? Mm-hmm. They don't have the, um, okay, we're just going to, we're trying to keep our fears and process it for ourselves or with each other, but not with him, 
something that he can process his own thing. So instead it's, well, what about this? And didn't you know, you know, and then they're just over, you know, like onloading onto him if we're not around. So it was also helping him to understand that, okay, so when someone brings these things to you, it's them, it's their fears, it's their concerns. You don't have to answer those questions. It's not on you to make them feel okay. That's not your job or experience right now. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is a way that you can suggest or maybe alter the conversation a little bit, or um, or maybe how you can process that without it affecting you, or how you can maybe direct them to us and we can deal with it for you so you can deal with other stuff right now. So that was another big thing that we experienced with this particularly because of his age and because it's something so different um, or were the fears of, of others outside of our immediate family and then how to process that. And then to, so no, let him know that, you know, we all have those fears, but um, how we deal with them and communicate them is going to be different. And you're going to come up against that for the rest of your life, most likely, Mm -hmm. you know, it's going to happen. And maybe also, and that's something we're still practicing is how we can help you to communicate. And both of our kids, we're um, now trying to help them to how we can help you to communicate to others about your life experience and that it's still valid. And that you don't have to say anything if you don't want to, or, but if you do, maybe these are, you know, if you need some help speaking to others about, no, this is, you know, I'm still, worthy. I'm still, I'm still doing well. Uh, my life looks different, but that doesn't mean it's any less than yours. Yeah. And it doesn't mean it's, these things are not going to happen because they certainly can. So that has been a, a shift, I think, as well as they've gotten older, um, different ways for us to support them in their interests and passions. Yeah, no, that's such a great point, too, as they're engaging more with other people and just helping them feel, hmm, have, have words, like, you know, ways it is validating the fact that, you know, you don't need to engage in every conversation mm-hmm. that comes to you, that there are options that can do this, you can direct them this way, you can have a quick answer and change the subject, like, or you can, you know, if you're in, and it's different in the mood, if that's not something that, you know, I'm going to decide that this is the way I'm going to answer every single time, right? It depends. Exactly. It, context is what matters. And I think that is something with unschooling that they gain a lot of experience with because we're not pulling out rules. Like in this situation, you always do this. We are actually having conversations about the context, considering how we're feeling in the moment, if we're energetic, if we're tired, if we're frustrated, you know, and that it's okay to take those into consideration when we're making our choices in that moment, right? We're not like robots that when X happens, I will always do Y. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) To help them see. That's the other piece that comes out is that to recognizing that there are almost always choices and possibilities in any moment, right? We're not stuck often. And if we're feeling stuck, that's a great time to just step back for a second right? And just open up a little bit, be a little bit more curious. So what else is there? What else could I do? I mean, we're not talking emergencies in this moment, right? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) That's that's another thing that we learn is that so many things aren't emergencies. We were talking earlier about, I need to solve this fast and move forward. 
so many things are not actually yeah. emergencies. I well, really- we make them emergencies so often. <laughs> so <laughs> <Right>? often. <laughs> so often. <laughs> we really feel can- like an emergency. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But we really can take five minutes, three minutes, 10 minutes, a day, a week. You know, often we have so much more time than, than at first we think. Anyway, so yes, all to say that was a wonderful story and, and all the different pieces. And you can't, you can't know those. We want to know those things moving in. We want to know everything's going to be fine. And we want, we want to think through like our worries are thinking through all sorts of possible scenarios, right? But also, you know, that's helpful to a point, but when it starts to feel like a lot of weight, it's also useful to say, you know what? We have been making choices and looking at moments for a long time now. These are skills that they're developing, certainly more so than, you know, more conventional kids who don't have a lot of choice in their day, right? They don't have a lot of moments where they can actually look around and figure out what the next step is that they want to take. Our kids have a lot of experience with that, that they bring with them now forward into new moments and new situations. So, yeah, I love that. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So I'm very curious to know what has surprised you most about how unschooling has unfolded in your lives so far. Um. Hmm. I think what surprised me most is probably what I've talked about earlier is the idea of thinking that by a certain time, by teenagerhood or by teens, that we would have this all sorted and figured out. (laughs) Those questions wouldn't be coming up anymore. And what surprised me most is that, yeah, it's just that regular reminder that, you know, things Things are going to, it could be a new day tomorrow and something completely different could happen or be present. And so it's just the regular practice of remembering that and taking a breath (laughs) and remembering that, okay, this right now, everything is, everything is okay. And we can really tell we, how we choose to see them or to, to reflect on them. Is, is the big thing. Um, I think probably the other surprise as well is um, that, you know, my, my kids are still, they still are, you know, it's funny, you brought up the whole teenage rebellion thing. And, you know, it's, they're the same kids, you know, they're just Good, great. You know, I, we like, we all like hanging out together. We still spend a lot of time together. They're really considerate, you know, they're, um, you know, they're still a lot of fun and we still are friends in that way. Um, You know, of course we're still mother and dad and daughter and son, and there's still, you know, are those family dynamics, but you know, we all really still get along really well. And um, I'm very grateful for that. And so maybe it wasn't a surprise, but, you know, you always hope that things continue that way. And uh, so that has been, that has been really nice to still enjoy that and still, and still to have them around and it be an enjoyable experience. So. Yeah, yeah. I love that, that surprise, because you just, you just wonder, because so often you hear like, wait till they're teens, 
right? You know, oh yeah, you so get much. along now, but wait till they're older, you know, those kinds of those kinds of things. So, you know, on one hand, you're like, no, I don't think that's gonna be a big thing. You know, we're getting along really well. Um, you know, it doesn't mean like we talked about before, it doesn't mean, you know, we're not having challenges and we're not moving through things and people aren't getting upset. It's not that utopian vision or anything, Mm -hmm. but we're moving through those and we're connecting and we're having fun with each other and considerate of each other's needs and figuring out ways that we can all get our needs met. Um, even if it's not all in the moment, but there's so much trust there that they trust that, you know, if we say we can do that tomorrow or I'll be able to do that with you tomorrow, whatever, that that tomorrow will come and that will happen. There's so much more trust in in that relationship. But it is so nice and a pleasant, maybe surprise to see that, yeah, this this is what I thought it would be like. <laughs> it's not a switch. That that's actually a can. It's not. It's not foundational or part of being a teenager. It is about the environment in which they are a teenager. Yes, yes. I think that's that's the big thing. Like actually, the, saying that I just got a little bit of a chill there, <laughs> right? Because it isn't. I think we've come to expect that it's part and parcel of their teens and this, that this is going to happen mm-hmm. and that, um, no, it's not, that's not necessarily the case. And, uh, you know, you can always talk about the, the environment, the nurture versus the nature kind yeah. of thing. And I think there's always different thought, you know, that all comes into play. Um, but certainly you can support them in that environment. And from that's a nice thing as well, I think, starting from an early age, not to say it can't happen later on, but you continually build and, and do set that foundation for that as well, which has been really, really nice in that way too. Exactly, exactly. More experiences of working through it builds that trust that, you know, the next time things are feeling off, we can move through this too. We can move yeah. through this too. Yeah. All right. So last question. What is your favorite thing about your unschooling days right now? Right now, actually, my fa- our favorite thing <laughs> is we have a little cabin in the mountains uh, close to an out-of-the-way ski resort that we love to go to. Um, so our favorite thing again is the time. And this is one of the reasons why we started this in the first place, because we started traveling and we wanted to have that flexibility and to do what we wanted to do. So we're not traveling internationally. We're traveling this very locally and that's, we actually spend a lot of time there. Um, and that's our goal for the winter. And that's our favorite thing right now is to spend the time outdoors doing, doing that, going to the mountains and being at our cabin and being out in the snow when it's, you know, healthy, reasonable (laughs) for us to go out in the snow when it's not minus 50 degrees Celsius. Um, But yeah, that's our favorite thing is still having that flexibility to do those things and not, you know, right now school just started again this week here. And, you know, many kids that were like, oh, you know, we'd like to do this, but got to go fit into the schedule. And my kids were like, we don't have to fit into that schedule. So that right now, that's our favorite. They're still spending that time and doing that and being outside because that's like a soul refresher for our family in so many ways. So, oh, yeah, that, that is very correct. 
But. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right now. No, that's perfect. Yeah. That's beautiful. And I think that time, that uh, space, that free time that isn't, you know, obligated and scheduled is so valuable because that's where we have that bit of time for introspection to find the things that fill our soul to find and do those things, right. That fill our souls that mesh with the seasons, you know, it is all so very personal. Um, so and it still supports the passions too, because as it turns out, you know, my kids love to snowboard and ski. My daughter loves snowboarding. My son loves skiing. So there that all fits together in that way. They're still able to do that and go out and experience that and practice that as well. So, yes. yes, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today, thank Robin. You. It was so much fun. It was great to connect with you again. I'm so happy. It's a good start to 2022. Yeah, yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> now, before we go, I was just wondering if you could share where people can connect with you online. Because I know you've started hosting regular chats on Clubhouse, and I joined just the other day to start getting you for what that Yay! is. <laughs> so, yeah, can you share that information with me? <laughs> Absolutely. Sorry, everyone. I'm excited that Pam's going to be. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you can. I still have my podcast, How Do You Homeschooling the Kids? That's on any podcast player, whether it's Spotify or Apple or Amazon, any of those. So you can listen to my podcast. Uh, yeah, we have regular, I have a club in Clubhouse called Honey, I'm Homeschooling. So we host rooms through the week, four times a week. So I actually personally host a room Tuesday afternoon. So evening, Eastern time, um, 4 p.m. Mountain time. And that's themes and topics around homeschooling and unschooling, parenting, childhood, all of that that comes into play with that. Um, Saturday mornings, I host a room with Liana Francisco, who's a grown unschooler, and her and I host a room every Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Mountain Time. And then um, there's other rooms hosted by other co-hosts in the club as well, Mondays and Thursdays. Uh, Liana Francisco and, and Kelly Edwards host a room on Monday, and then Allison Towner, another unschooling mom with younger kids, hosts a room on Thursday. So we've created that community. I really, that was a big thing about the podcast as well, talking about those processing, having community and a network and mentorship in different ways and a place to ask those questions. That's really what it's there for. It's audio only. So it's so easy just to tune in on your phone and almost like a podcast if you just want to listen. And or if you want to then be part of the conversation, that's cool. It's like being alive, coming over to my house for a cup of tea and we hang out in my living room and, and chat. So there's that. I have you can connect uh, through my website um, and social media. My, I have links to the Clubhouse app and to my club, too. And I'm on social media, Instagram, Honey, I'm homeschooling the kids, Facebook. And uh, in March, um, I host a homeschooling summit, actually, Kelly Edwards and I. So that's coming up in March on Clubhouse. It's our second one as well. So there's some great, you know, we just have some great community building happening. And uh, you can go to my website to find out more as well or to social media. But yeah, that's what we have right now. And then I continue to support families through coaching as well, too, on their on their natural learning journey. Yeah. So. Oh, that's awesome, Robin. And we will put links to all that stuff in the show notes of the episode so people can find you easily. Thank you again so much and have a wonderful day. Thank you, Pam. It's great Bye. to see you. Yeah, you too. I hope you found this episode helpful on your unschooling journey. 
And be sure to check out the growing podcast archive. The conversations never go out of date. You can find more information about my books, the Living Joyfully Network online community, and the Childhood Redefined Unschooling Summit online course at my website, livingjoyfully.ca.